Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where sometimes we make illogical capitalistic decisions. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. I make all the illogical capitalistic decisions. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about all your toy collection today, but we are <laughs> going to talk about um, some buying stuff that I think this is a shorter topic, but I wanted to touch on it because I feel like we've been talking about it a little bit, and I, I've talked to some of the listeners on Twitter. So the the idea here is buying the same game on multiple platforms and like why we do it and when we do it. And but it's just buying the same game more than once. And that doesn't yeah. feel like it's the smartest use of money, but I still do it sometimes. And I know you do too. Not as much as I do, yeah. but it still happens. Yeah, it does. And it's one of those things where I don't know if I feel bad about it. That's the weird thing about this is like there is part of me that's like, I really shouldn't do this. Like I've already got this game, but at the same time, it feels so much newer and shinier on a different console or a different platform altogether. I'm just like, I I need it. And, and so, yeah, it's... It's completely illogical why I want stuff on different platforms. See, that's interesting to me that you think it's like newer and shinier because I don't get that feeling. If anything, I feel like, oh, this is like late. This is late to the game. I don't know why it's coming out here now. The reason I buy oh. it is when I think it's a better fit because okay. let, well, I mean, like, let's just get into the examples because it's easier to talk with the examples. So like for me, um, I've been thinking about Stardew Valley and Destiny 2 because those are my two most right. recent examples, right? I played like 40 hours of Stardew Valley on the PC and I picked it up on Switch and I'm re- like playing it again now. Not as intense as I did before, but I am playing it again. And then Destiny 2, I played probably, you know, 40-ish hours of that on PS4 and then I bought it on PC and I'm slowly picking away at that too. And it's just like, I feel like these are a better fit on the platform i picked them up second and i think most of the time if i have bought a game twice it's because i would have rather picked it up on the second platform i chose does that make sense uh it does because the first one while it was a good experience it wasn't necessarily the ultimate experience you could have had it wasn't the the uh the i don't even want to say it wasn't the ideal experience that you would have with that game where it's something that like you it was good enough kind of like destiny 2 it was there it was out early you probably wouldn't have picked it up otherwise but when it came out on your preferred system it's like yes i'm going to play this in the way that i want more than anything else yeah and like stardew valley is like such a better fit on switch than it is on pc and i mean it would be the same like to some extent on just consoles in general but like the fact that it is on a portable plus i can put it on my tv is amazing and i've been talking to my brother about it because like i think i had hyped it up a little bit too much for him when i was in you know the thick of playing oh. it on pc and he got yeah, it on totally pc see that. he played a little bit into the first season and he was like i don't like this this is dumb but i was talking to him the other day and he picked it up on switch and he's like legitimately playing it now and really huh. really enjoying it and it's just that that difference in console or platform i guess is a better way to put it, it. does it feels different it does. that's one of the things that with with multi-platform games like this that they feel so different i i I don't rem- I don't know if the listeners will hear me talk about this in the future or if they've already heard this based on how we've recorded. We've recorded but when I was- all of December is really weird because we're recording 
some in time week to week and then some way ahead so that we can have time off for the holidays. So if anything seems out of whack, that's why. That's why. And this one's one of them where I don't remember when I mentioned it about Cosmic Star Heroin, where I want Cosmic Star Heroin on a handheld system, but it's not out for the Vita yet. So I bought it on the PC and it just doesn't feel right, where I really, really, really want it on a handheld, but I can't play it on a handheld, so I don't like it as much right now. But the moment that it comes out on Vita, I'm going to snatch it up and I think I'm really going to fall in on it because the genre uh, the jrpgs don't work on pc for me even with the controller uh the big monitor everything i don't know what it is just don't like doing them on pc yeah i i struggle to do jrpgs even on like ps4 now because i would so much rather have it on a handheld console like i think um between the 3ds and the vita i got spoiled and to go back to having to sit in front of a tv to play a jrpg is like yep. i'll do it if the game warrants it so like persona 5 and like final fantasy 15 but really i, I would have rather played those handheld um and you know what spoiled me on them the game boy advance sp that was the one that ruined me on jrpgs being handheld because of all the super nintendo remakes that they put on it at the beginning oh. that was when i realized just how perfect mobile not, not mobile gaming well technically mobile gaming i guess uh handheld and mobile gaming were for jrpgs that chrono trigger on the 3ds like you said and uh the final fantasy remakes that they did on the advance they were perfect so now i can't i'm just like you i don't want to play anything like that on the ps4 unless i absolutely have to yeah if it's the only option but i'm, I'm also curious about your examples because like i just kind of dove into mine but you have a couple on here and one i put in here for you because i wanted to yes. know like your decision making for mario kart 8 and mario kart 8 deluxe because you bought that game right. twice and like i said you don't really buy games multiple times and mario kart 8 is a super good game on the wii u and i don't like it because it's it doesn't feel right and i don't know what it is about mario kart 8 on the wii u that it just feels wrong or off and it's 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 hard to really put my finger on because it's not just the the like auto control steering that keeps you from running off. There's something about it on that system where the graphics are a little weird. I don't know if it's a refresh rate thing, but something about it doesn't feel right. And my wife and I both feel this way where even when we've played it at other people's houses, Mario Kart 8 just doesn't feel right. So we got it when we played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at our friend's house back in September on the Switch, we were astonished at how good it was how much we enjoyed it and that was before we even realized any of that we that to turn any of that other stuff on it was just a a different experience on there it just felt better so when we had the opportunity we had eight on the wii u already but when we got the switch mario kart 8 was an immediate purchase and we have been playing it constantly and jennifer plays it a lot when she's alone like she'll just she doesn't like playing it on the tv she likes it being handheld she'll just curl up on the couch and play mario kart and that's kind of like you know you know how that is i know how that is and with her not being a big gamer like that was a big difference for her to want to just play a game was just that kind of personal uh relaxation i'm going to be in my bubble right here and i don't have to look 15 feet away and no one else can see this 
that's what Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was for her with the Switch. I think that uh, that one is is perfect on the Switch because of its mobility. And, and like, uh, personality is not the word. The individual aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I bought it twice also because it was better on the Switch. And, like, I wanted it on, you know, a handheld platform, yeah. too. So, okay, it sounds the and same. The, the weird thing about that one is we could play it on the gamepad. That she played it on the Wii U gamepad. I played pretty much all of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the gamepad and loved it. She plays Donkey Kong on the gamepad, loves it. Hated Mario Kart 8 on the gamepad. It's, Did not. It's weird. It, Kind of a side thought, but I never played games on the gamepad. I really didn't like it at all. Like I, I just, oh, see, and I'd heard terrible things about it, and from you and like so many other people. And when I got it, I loved it. I loved. I just adored the gamepad, and I totally see the iteration between the Wii, the Wii U, and the Switch into how they perfected it. But. I see why people didn't like it, but Jennifer and I both really enjoyed the gamepad. But Mario Kart 8 on it, just not good, and it's super illogical. Why well, we that's, didn't? I mean, that's okay as long as it like in the end you like the platform you landed on. I'm also really yep. interested in you put Skyrim ish on here, and I don't know <laughs> what that means, but I'm intrigued. Okay, so I played Skyrim on the PC. And I have only ever really played it on PC, you know, touched it on some of the other stuff that it's been on, but primarily PC with a mouse and keyboard. So I went to friends' houses and played it on like the Xbox 360. I think it was the 360 at the time. Yeah, it was the 360. And the controller and everything just felt weird. So I was really, really glad that they released it on the PC. Like I got it on the PC, played it with my preferred uh, control settings and control schemes and now the reason it's on here is because I keep looking at it on the Switch and I am super torn on whether or not I will eventually get it on the Switch because because I have the special edition on PC, the redone one with all the textures and DLC and everything added in. I have that one, so I know that my PC experience will be better than just about anything else, but it's the control scheme that I... But being able to carry it around and the control scheme that kind of uh, make me want to play it on the Switch because I want to try the motion controls... But I also don't, and if I don't like them, I'm afraid that I'm not going to like the Joy-Cons being uh, basically, you know, the normal console controls that I didn't like before. So I'm I'm torn on wanting multi-platform Skyrim uh, just pretty much just for the mobility of the switch uh but i don't think it's going to be a 60 dollars purchase that's one that i'm going to wait on a discount i'm sure but i want it on multiple platforms but i'm afraid i'm not going to like it on the second one so i kind of don't want to tarnish it for myself it's the kind of the opposite of the other ways that i do, that i go about it yeah um so skyrim on the switch i think the perfect time to buy skyrim on the switch is in a moment of weakness immediately before getting on a plane like that, that seems like no, that, like that makes I, I know perfect it's, sense. No, you're I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that's that's when you buy that game, right? I mean, there's there's no other time that's going to ever be better than like the day before getting on a plane when you're like, I just want something new to play. Oh, I haven't played Skyrim in like years. Let's get it. And then, you know, right. you're in the air, disconnected from everything. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna play Skyrim for a while. Like, I don't see any other time I could possibly justify buying that game again because i've played it to death you know yes but in that instance it's like yeah yeah go for it why not so i don't know that that's how i see skyrim on the switch yeah yeah that's kind of how i do too because i don't 
I'm not going to take the switch anywhere. That's the thing. I haven't taken my switch out of the house yet just because I work from home. And it's like Jennifer was going to play Mario Kart with our nephew while I was at WordCamp a couple of weeks ago. So I couldn't take it with me there because he was staying here specifically to play it. And it was, I'm like, okay, so I know I'm not going to take this and travel with it right now. But is it worth getting it to sit on my couch or in my comfy chair? Pro, not sixty dollars worth. Yeah, that, exactly. Like you said, it's a moment of weakness purchase that that will that I will probably do at some point. I mean, I'm not going to lie; I probably want to do it at some point. But you're right; it, it is definitely a before trap, before trip. I wouldn't say necessarily even a plane. If I've got a long car drive coming. That may be a good time for that too. Yeah, I, the Switch is weird because it's it's a portable console, but it's one that I never use outside my house really. Which, just like you, you know. But then again, I think back to how often I took my 3DS out of the house, and it was not much. Not much. I mean, there there was a time there where I was working in an office. And I like legitimately had a really good break in the middle of the day every day, which doesn't exist because like I'm higher level than I used to be now and at a different right. workplace. But at the time, I would take my 3DS and I would go and I would sit and I would play, you know, like 45 minutes or an hour of games after I scarf my lunch really quick um, every day. And outside of that, the only time the 3DS would leave my house was for travel. And the Switch is like, it's not even that. Like, I don't even take it to work. The Switch is like, it's either yep. at home. And I'm using it all around my house. Like I take it up to my room. I take it, you know, into like on my couch or in different chairs around the house. Like I, I does act as a mobile console, but within my own house. And then the other thing is like, I know I'll take it when I travel. I just haven't really this year. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it was with me. I know I'll eventually take it with me when I travel and it's going to be fantastic when I do just hasn't happened. Yeah, exactly. And then you have one more. But can you hold off? Because I get to that here in our port oh, banging segment yeah which oh, we're about okay, to get cool. to right now i'll hold off on it then okay well, i want to i want to touch on one more thing yeah but that that i just put in a second ago is the idea of vr ports mm, I have and thoughts. this is and i know you do and that's why i wanted to bring it up right here before we get to the port begging because i want to know your thoughts on it specifically because of the stuff that i've seen about fallout 4 today i was talking with chef f on twitter uh, about this this morning about how they didn't change any of the assets for vr that they just did some work and they of a 26 gig game i think two gigabytes is all they actually change and it actually runs identical assets uh, from Fallout 4 to Fallout 4 VR. So I wanted to get your idea on that kind of port, that yeah. when it is a, a base port rather than a completely redone, like they added motion controls into Skyrim. What are your feelings on stuff like that kind of, when you go from platform to platform like that? Well, I think VR ports are a bad idea, like across the board. I just... Uh, after spending so much time in VR, and I know I eventually sold my headset back because I wasn't using it much, but there were like three months in there where I was using VR every day. And there were times right. where I was in VR, you know, if my kids were like out doing stuff for the day with other family members or grandparents or whatever, like, or asleep at night and I was staying up way too late. There were times where I was in VR for like six to eight hours straight. It didn't happen a whole lot, but it did happen. And in in playing around in VR as much as I did, I just don't think ports work. I don't think traditional games can be brought over. Like, you have to make a game from the ground up for VR. Otherwise, it's just not going to work that well. And it's not going to be right. an experience that's worth it. 
And it's also going to be an experience that might turn people off from the system, you know, might turn people away from VR entirely, might make people sick. Like the only time I've really gotten nauseous from gaming ever was when I was doing a lot of VR and I experienced a lot of bad VR. Um, So all of that, like I just... I heard Fallout 4 was coming to VR, and I was excited for like a day until I thought about it, and then I went, oh, actually, that's not what I want at all. If I want Fallout in VR, I want a game that's like literally Fallout VR made from the ground up for VR, and that's not what that is. So across the board, I think VR ports are just not a good idea. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's kind of what I was thinking about it, because without it being made for native for virtual reality, it doesn't seem as though it could be a good fit. Yeah, and I mean, it gets back to like kind of our conclusion here is that like just some platforms are a better fit for some games than others. Right. Um, but before we jumped off the topic, I wanted to do some port begging because I don't do it a mm-hmm. whole lot, and this is the perfect time. So basically for me at the moment... I just want games on the Switch. I want like everything on the Switch. Anything I'm playing on a console, I want yes. on Switch instead of PS4, you know? Or like if I'm playing it on PC with a controller, I want it on the Switch instead. There are some mouse and keyboard games on PC that are totally different. Like that's that's a different class of games for me. A couple games that I think it's unrealistic to hope for these, but if they came out on the Switch, I would buy them day one. Um, Hitman Season 1. Uh, like mm. I love that game and I would still I would gladly start over from scratch and start poking around again because it was such a good game and uh, Final Fantasy 15 which I know you just wrote there's a chibi version coming but that doesn't count like is it I, coming to the switch because I, I think so. I know it's I coming know. on mobile but if it's coming to the switch I mean that would be the one and the reason I wrote it down is that that would be the one I expect I would expect them to put on the switch I don't see them putting like you said it's unrealistic to put the main 15 on there but that chibi version i could totally see them putting on the e-store yeah i don't know we'll see i mean i don't think the main version is ever going to come to the switch but maybe maybe the chibi version i'll keep an eye out um but i did have some more like realistic games that i want on the switch so i think maybe the mass effect trilogy like i would replay that you know, if it was kind of remastered and like made for the system and handheld, that's the main thing, right? Right. It's an RPG that I loved that I've only really truly played through beginning to end one time over the course of many years in between each game. I would go back right. and replay that from the beginning if I could do it handheld and just yes. like wherever I want to. Like I would buy that. No question I would buy that. Um, Red Dead Redemption, because it's probably one of my favorite Rockstar games ever made. And I never beat it. Like really yeah i've beaten a lot of rockstar games over the course of my gaming you know career as it were and this is one that i didn't beat but it still sticks out in my mind as my favorite like i just had so much fun messing around in that wild west world that i never got around to it like i I was having too much fun just like riding horses and hunting stuff and like seeing what i could make get run over by a train because that's hilarious and yeah yeah, I would do that again. I'd start over, and I would actually try to beat it, probably. Hmm. Um, I think the Assassin's Creed series is very realistic, because a lot of those games came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Like, bring me that Ezio collection, and I will buy it. No question in my mind. Oh, yeah, I could totally... I can't, you, the amount of time that you would waste... Not even waste. The amount of time that you would just spend doing that and, and on the Switch would be insane. Yeah, it would be fantastic. And then the one thing, if I could only have one port bag ever that would actually come true, and I could just, you get one and only one, um, <laughs> Persona 5. 
uh, what they did for Persona 4 Golden, bringing it over to the Vita, I want to see that same approach taken to the PS4 version moved over to the Switch. You could call it Persona 5 Crimson, since they did Persona 4 Golden, <laughs> you know, keep it on trend. And my my hypothetical mythic Persona 5 Crimson, like, the, the entire time I was playing Persona 5, I just wanted it to be handled. That was my literally my only yeah. complaint about that game. And there's a lot of things you can criticize if you want to get into the nitty gritty, which that's a big discussion I'm willing to have. If any of you want to reach out on Twitter, because I love that game. I love talking about it. But my really the only criticism that I felt any kind of like friction with that game was the fact that I had to sit down in front of my main TV with the PS4. Like I, I there right. were so many times I wanted to just like take that game somewhere else in the house or sit and play it on the couch while somebody else was using the TV or like take it upstairs to my room, you know, and to have the switch come out right around the same time and not be able to do that was really frustrating because I was like, oh, my God, this new gaming revolution and I can't use it for the yes. one game I wanted on most that came out at the same time where yes. it would have yes. been a you were you were all in on the switch more than you were anything else at that point so for it like with it being that big of a mo- moment in your life to have to switch back to more of the same really i remember you talking just the text that i would get just be like i want this on switch where yeah. it's just like yeah. i love persona but it's not my Switch. And if it were on the Switch, if they did a Persona 5 Crimson, I would pick that up day one and probably not like it. I recognize that I would still probably not beat this game, but I would get it just because of it basically being your platonic ideal of video gaming. Like, that would be, like, if there's a perfect example of what video gaming is in your mind, like, out there in the ether somewhere... That is it, and I would have to experience that on day one. Mm, I don't know if it's my ideal. If I have to condense video games down, I probably use Mario as an example, but Mm. it is Persona 5 is a game that has taken up so much of my brain power over the last year because I keep thinking about it that, like, I don't know. I just love that game. I want it on more platforms. But you have one in here, too. What do you want on the Switch? Well, if that's the case, we're recording this out of sync, and so later I'm going to call come back to that. And we're going to talk about that comment that you made about Mario being more than Persona 5. Well, the t- games of the year is different than overall <laughs> games of all time. Yeah, we recorded the games of the year already. It's it's in the queue. Um, but you want Kingdom Hearts 3. And you think yes, that's realistic I'll, on Switch? I do. I, after playing Zelda and how much they've done with Breath of the Wild, I don't really see any reason why Kingdom Hearts 3 wouldn't be able to be done on the Switch. That they did so much and so many just gargantuan, expansive levels that they that Kingdom Hearts 3, unless they do something that is completely and totally out of left field that we can't even imagine yet, with what we've seen the Switch being capable of, I don't see any reason why Kingdom Hearts 3 should not get a port over to it. I think that is very unrealistic. I would put this in the other category. See, really? the, the reason I say Persona 5 is fine because it literally came out on PS3. Like there is a PS3 version of that game. Yes. Um I think Kingdom Hearts 3 just knowing the team that's working on it and knowing how long it has taken, they are going to use that PS4 power as much as humanly possible and it's probably going to push the system in the same way that Final Fantasy 15 does. 
Like, I don't think I hope this that's could, the case. I mean, they, you know, it's it's a different art style, but I think they're just going to go nuts on the visuals in different ways, like maybe effects, like spell effects and right. attacks and that kind of thing. I, I don't think that it's going to be well, a Switch game. Maybe. I would love it to be. I would rather play it over there, but I just don't know. And the main reason I say that is because of the fragmentary passage that they did using the Kingdom Hearts 3 engine on PS4 was totally beautiful, but it wasn't Final Fantasy 15 beautiful. That it was, there was nothing that I saw through the entire playthrough of it that made me think that it would be that taxing on the Switch. Yeah, no, I can see that. It it might happen. We will see. Um, Outside of the Switch, uh, most of the other port begging that I do is just wanting like simple PC games to move over to mobile. Like I, I feel like there is such a gap in the market that's not being taken advantage of when it should be. Like every turn based game that I play on PC, I almost always would rather have it on mobile. Like there's there's a lot of real time yeah. strategy games that would not fit. Like you would not be able to transition. You need a mouse keyboard. I understand that. But there's a lot of turn based stuff on PC. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking of like Gwent, the Witcher spinoff, like that's been in beta for a while. Like there's really, mm-hmm. you know, it's on PC and it's on PS4. I'm not going to touch it on either of those systems. But if you put it on a phone, like I, I will pick it up on the first day that it releases. No question. There's a lot of little like tactics and turn based PC games in general that I reject on PC and don't even give the time of day because I'd rather play them just like laying down on my bed or like chilling on the couch on my phone. Um, right. And this is probably why I've latched onto Fire Emblem Heroes so much lately, which I'll talk about a little bit more in my geekery here. But yeah, that in general. So I wanted to get back around to it because this was a game on your list up top that I thought right. fit in here too is Hearthstone. Like yes. Hearthstone, I don't think I've touched Hearthstone on PC since I got it on my phone. Like the phone and my iPad is where I play that game now. I I don't play it on PC. I like it on PC still. This is one where I like it equally on both platforms for different reasons. Because I was just playing the Kobolds and Catacombs uh, new dungeon runs that they have in there on um, on the PC. And I haven't touched it on my new phone. It's got a huge, beautiful new screen. Haven't touched it, but I like it on PC. Uh, and I, I really don't know why. They're, they're just different to me. And it might be because I like started playing it on PC and that's what feels natural to me. But I've just spent so much time on it that whenever I have it's when I want to sit and play for a longer period of time, I boot it up on my PC. Whenever I don't, whenever it's just a one game or, or, you know, a, a small amount of time that I have I'll go and I'll play it on mobile but it's always a different reason that I'll do it like if I for motivation but I do like them equally on there and that was what I was going to say earlier that it wasn't like one fitting so much better for me it that it's one of the few ports where they just they feel different but in completely great ways yeah, that's I mean, I can see that it's just the way that it fits into my life now is like I want to yep. play it on the phone. <laughs> but yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah. And it's it's probably ob- like objectively better for the phone, given the way that the game itself is put together. I still but think it's that, just... like objectively the best experience of that game is on the iPad. Actually, I played on the phone really? more because it's more convenient for me and it works with my life. But I think the iPad version of Hearthstone is the best way to play that game. And I've never played it on an iPad that was capable of doing anything well. It was on an old iPad 2, so it was not a good experience for me. But I can totally see that. Basically, I I mean, imagine the smoothness and the graphics of the PC version, except 
on a touch interface and having unlike the phone where they have to make a couple concessions because it's cramped mm-hmm. and you have to like hover over your hand and like kind of sort through your hand a little bit just having enough space to basically yeah. be able to play it on like you do on pc except instead of having to use a mouse you just use your finger and it's touch interface like yep that's that's and, the ipad and that's why i wanted on switch actually that was something I, that i thought would be fantastic that if there were ever a a switch port for hearthstone that it would be one that could take advantage of the touch that very very few games are taking advantage of on the switch which i do think is fantastic because i, I don't generally like touch controls but hearthstone would be awesome on that particular platform as well like it's it might be just the perfect gaming platform that's ever been made it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, um, let's dive into the Geeky Offer of the Week. This week, we have Gamefly. You can go to GameflyOffer.com slash geek and get a free one-month trial to rent whatever game on whatever platform you want. So we always think it's cool. I do it like once a year for a while. You guys probably know that by now. But yeah, go, I mean, go try it out. It's, you know, a free month. Get at least one game and enjoy it for a month and send it back and it costs you nothing and it helps out the podcast. So GameflyOffer.com slash geek. We also have awesome shows in the network. So this year, (laughs) this year, that's where my brain's at right now end of the year stuff it is um this week tea time with katie and chelsea had a titanic episode for like the 20th anniversary which doesn't seem like that long ago it came out but i'm just getting old it does not i know and then um rob on the comic box had a runaways episode which i have that on my to watch for whenever i get to it but it's a ways down there i don't know when i'm gonna get to it i hear so many good things about runaways oh my goodness i liked that comic when i checked it out i just i need to make some time for the show and he really did a good job of covering a little bit of the differences in the comic and the show and then kind of covering the first couple episodes of the show and how it's getting started so that was a good episode too um with that time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week why don't you go first? So I have started Movie Pass. Have you ever heard of Movie Pass? Yes, I have. Uh, I if I were still freelancing, I would have tried it by now because it sounds perfect for the freelance lifestyle. I used to watch I, movies a lot on weekdays in the middle of a weekday right. at like 10 a.m. or noon. It was wonderful. And that's probably what I'm going to be doing actually with Movie Pass. It's ten dollars a month for one movie a day. That uh, you, the only real problem in with a it theater. is I don't think in we a said theater, that. like yes. in an actual no. movie theater. In a movie theater, you pick it on the app, you pick your movie, you go to the theater, you swipe your card, or they scan your app, and you go in and you watch the movie. Like, they are losing money on this. It is not a sustainable uh, business model, and uh, they have uh, there are articles out there that you can go read and see their entire plan for how they're going to actually bring in money. But this is a great opportunity until it explodes. And so, with it being the holiday, with my wife and I having some time off, we're and movies that we want to see without go watch Star Wars every single it. day. We cannot. That is the one thing. You can see what? one movie. You can see a movie one time a month. Oh, that, that is the I thought only you could see thing. Any movie once per day. No, you can only see once per month per movie. So like oh, okay. you can like you can't go see Star Wars. 30 times but i can see star wars with the tickets i bought off of adam and then go see star wars with movie pass then the next day i can go see justice league then i can go see Lady Bird. then i can go see whatever else that's out uh blade runner 2049 all these movies that i haven't wanted to pay to go see i can just go in and be like yeah this is the same as netflixing these movies except i have to go to the theater suddenly this is much less interesting to me 
Like there are there are very mm. few movies I want to see in theater, but there's a lot of movies that when I actually do go to the theater and see them, I would love to see them a second time. So oh, yeah. if that's a limitation, I hmm, I might retract my earlier but statement. If you're the kind of person who uh, who money is actually less of an issue and it's a time thing, this one would be a good way to do that and save that money to see them the second times because you could pay for them the first time, go use this the second, and still save a lot of money. Basically, see movies twice for half the uh, for half the cash. Yeah, that's sweet. Obstensibly that way. So, but yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. It's not something I'm going to keep for a long time, but I have friends who do it, and I'm excited to see how it is. And the cards came in, so you I'll gotta, report you back report in a month. Back. Yeah, report back with our first episode of season three in the new year, and we will see yep. how it went. But tell me, tell exactly. me about WordPress Gutenberg because I've seen you talking about it on Twitter a little bit, and I know it's like a big revamp, and you don't sound happy. Okay, so I'm trying. Like to preface this. I work for probably the biggest theme company in WordPress, uh, Elegant Themes. Like us and Genesis Framework are basically tied for the number one spot in of the most used theme in WordPress. And so we you build a, we do Divi, we have a page builder, and so I'm kind of invested in this and. Gutenberg is essentially our product, uh, and across 2018, there's going to be a built-in page builder in WordPress. That's what Gutenberg is. It's Divi, Visual Composer, uh, Elementor, any of that. It's basically that being built into the WordPress core, and in April, they're releasing it as the default editor uh, for WordPress. He said that uh, last weekend. So... Because this affects my job and because WordPress and blogging is my hobby, and so that's what I really love. And unlike you, I don't like break back, like I don't put that wall up where that's what I'm doing for work. Um, I'm really trying to like Gutenberg. Like, I need to get to know how to use it. I need to know how to, to, to kind of make it do what I want it to do, both for my hobby and for work. And it is hurting me, Void. Like, I'm really trying. I'm logging into a, some blog every day trying to write content in Gutenberg, and it is just not going to be ready in four, week, four months that I am abs I, I want this to work that I think that it's a fantastic thing and it's going to be a really honestly I really do think it's going to be a good thing to bring people in from like Squarespace and Wix and all of that that I think this is going to get people to where they're going to be using this platform more. I think that's great. But I am so frustrated at the things they can do. Like just this morning, I was trying to put together a geek fitness post and I gave up because I'm trying to I put a challenge for myself to only write content for personal sites in Gutenberg because I need to know how to do that. And so I'm using this and I stopped because it was becoming more frustrating than than it should be when I use a page builder for my job and I did it for my job last year with Visual Composer when you got me to change. So to have one, and then I'd use Cornerstone and X with a client over the summer, and it's like, there is no reason for me not to be able to figure out how to write a single blog in this, like, and do it right and make it look like I need it to do. And so it's it's just not there. And I'm really trying to get both good with it and to like it. I am hopeful 
that things will majorly change between now and April. And I'm assuming since you've been out of this sphere that you haven't messed with it at all, really, since you've been not working in WordPress uh, freelance anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm still doing a couple freelance projects, but they're super minor. Um, No, I have no reason to touch Gutenberg. And the other thing is I get frustrated when there's a solved problem that somebody goes back and tries to like resolve in right. a new way. It's like... It, sometimes sometimes you need a fresh approach to a problem but a lot of the time if if a problem has been solved like just leave it alone i mean right in this case the solution is like visual composer right visual composer is fantastic like it's a solved problem copy Dude. them just like just rip them off yeah and you'll and, be fine like there's you know and it, that's the problem i think that's really the problem is because they're trying to rip visual divi and elementor like if you look at the demo and the state of the word like it looks like all three of those mashed together and that's great they are trying to do it they're just not doing it right yeah and that's where i think the issue comes in this is like um i was talking to a designer the other day there is a mouse for mac at the moment that's one of their magic mice and instead of charging from like the front of a mouse like every other wireless mouse that's chargeable does it charges from underneath the mouse so you have to take the mouse and turn it over and plug in like a lightning cable or like you know one of the apple proprietary cables you literally can't use that mouse while you're charging it it's like they approached a solved problem they're like we're gonna do it different because we want to be different it's just that's like that's absolutely right yeah, I was looking over at my my wireless mouse, my Naga Razor, to see, and it's the same way. It has the uh, it charges from the front. Yeah, that's, that's why I, when you said that, I just kind of looked over and was like, "Yep, it, it's a it, that's how you fix that solution to use your mouse while it's charging." Yeah, but speaking of other peripherals, did you get your Steam I, Link? I got okay. So I had a Steam Link uh, that I got off of Amazon cheap, and I had never installed it. Like I never hooked it up yet, but. Literally five minutes before we sat down uh, to record this tonight, my Steam Link and Steam Controller bundle that I bought off of Steam uh, for $35 together came in. And so I'm super excited to really try the controller out. Because despite what you said that was terrible, I have a couple of other friends who are like, this is my favorite controller ever. And I don't have any PC wireless controllers. So for that price, there was no reason not to get it and give it a shot to play my PC games on there. So I'm excited to give it a shot, but I haven't done it yet because I was waiting on this controller to come in. Okay, report that back also after the new year because yep. I have thoughts about that controller, but I will save them yep. for that discussion. What else have you been up yeah. to this week? Um, My wife started watching The Good Place and I thought that this show was going to be terrible. And it turns out that this has become one of our favorite shows on TV right now, that it feels like Lost meets Dead Like Me. That it is not the show that you really think it is. That after like the first episode or two, it's like, okay, this is weird. It's like this. What it is, is that Kristen Bell is someone who died and she wakes up and she's gone to the good place. And she finds out that within just a very short period of time that she's not supposed to be there and she's been mixed up with someone else who was supposed to be there. And so basically she's in heaven has and is not supposed to be is trying to prevent being found out. 
And so that is the basic concept of this uh, of this show, and it just goes wacky by the time you get into season two, like good wacky, like places that you don't think it's going. And I am all in, and it ends on cliffhangers like Lost did. There are like mysteries like Lost, and I'm just I I cannot explain how different this is based on the trailers that if you have seen the previews and trailers and, and clips and you've been like, Oh, I don't know. That looks kind of, huh. I was the exact same way. And I really think that you should watch this show, especially if you liked dead, like me, if you liked pushing daisies, it's got the, that kind of aesthetic and sense of humor, but also, uh, Kristen Bell is just fantastic. Her, uh, her friend Cheedy is awesome. And I'm actually really, 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 really impressed by Ted Danson in this. Okay. There, I've, I've just, heard good things from a bunch of people. It doesn't sound like my kind of show, but it does sound like your kind of show. It is absolutely my kind of show. That by the time you would like the first half of season one, but by the time it starts to get into the more, uh, oh, that's the word. It's not necessarily even like what the real show is, but by the time you figure out more of what the concept, the higher concept of the show, that's when they would lose you. Okay. At that point, you're like, Mm-mm, this it, nope, nope, dumb, and I can see you right now. But everything else about leading up to that, I think you would be all in. Okay, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm adding that one to my list, yeah. but I do want to hear about kobolds and catacombs because that's been you- on my list, and I really want to get to it. And work has been way too busy. Okay, I'm so sad that you haven't done this yet. It seems like it'd be this, right up my alley, because like, it's it is, a single player, right? Yes, it's a single player, just you run through different bosses, and you're building a deck as you go. That you pick a class, and it gives you a base set of cards, and then you, uh, you go in, and you beat a boss, and then it gives you a choice of three cards, like three sets of three cards that you can choose and each of them have a different theme like if as a mage i might get you start with a pre-made right yes yes you start with a pre-made this is exactly what i've always wanted from hearthstone i have to make time for this because it sounds perfect for me now keep in mind that as you do this you're going to lose so much of your time when you play this that you need to actually set aside some because I expected one game to go in I was going to get my free cards and I ended up playing through two dungeon runs after at that point like I don't do that. that's why I was saying that the PC is way more suited for me to play longer periods because I wouldn't have done that if I'd been on my phone but because I was sitting at my desk it was way too easy for me just to keep on playing as opposed to being on my phone so this is so, probably one that I should sit down with the iPad on the couch for I would okay. honestly if I were you I would pick your favorite class pick druid or whatever it is that you normally do it'll give you like your 15-ish cards that you do you'll win the first one super easy and the moment that you win that and you get to pick those next cards you'll be like oh that's what this is I see exactly how this works like it is a very simple mechanic for them just to give you three cards like that's it you either get like class cards unique cards or like uh maybe with you'll get like the jade statue cards i'll give you three of those or with mage you'll get like elemental cards just having and it's a just, replayable single player mode like that's yep. not the same battle every single time which is what the single player adventures were uh-huh. like i like those a lot those have always been my favorite part of hearthstone but you can really only play them on normal and then there's like a heart version and then once you've beaten yep. them you've beaten them this is like replayable in a way that is kind of what i've always wanted from hearthstone yep. 
this is exactly what you've always wanted out of Hearthstone. Like it is the the only thing that I, I like the old stuff, and the main reason that I didn't play through them more was because they ended up having uh, you make different decks for it. Like there were some bosses that you couldn't beat unless you made specific kinds of decks, and I hated that. And yeah, I wanted and to be is, able to. This is this pre-made. Is just you, I love yep. using pre-made decks, and I've I've talked about that before. So I'm not going to hammer it home too yep, much. Absolutely. But like, I love piloting a good deck. I do not actually have fun collecting and constructing decks. That's just not where my interest lies with you know LCGs or CCGs or any of that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I will do that, and I will report back. Yes, after report break. back and let yes. me know because I fell in love with this, and my first thought was, "Oh my God, Void needs to play this." Why well, haven't I heard him say anything about this yet? Oh my God, he hasn't played it. Ah, it's very was close to the top yeah. of my list. I'm just not quite there. Work is well. I've talked to you off air. You know how crazy work's been. <laughs> yeah, for me. it um, is. I have gotten around to The Crown season two, which just came out last week. Uh, my wife and I watched like half of it last weekend, and I really okay. like it. Um, I think season one pulled me in faster. But I I'm so like committed to this show after season one that like season two has been really good and I'm excited to see what the second half of this season holds. Um, okay. And it's I mean if you guys didn't watch the first season or you don't know what it is, it's basically like the royalty in England. But well, it's it's really Queen Elizabeth. It's more than her. It's about like the crown as an entity and okay. you know being the sovereign of the UK. Um, and it's that in a greater context, but really the scope of the show, it starts a little bit before she becomes queen. So it's like her father is the regent and, or I don't know if that's the right terminology. I'm an American. Um, it, <laughs> it's true. So, um, it, it, like he dies pretty quick towards the beginning and then, um, spoiler alert i don't know it's history you can't have spoilers for history yeah right? it's not really spoiler alert yeah. it's like the character interactions sure so the it's actual really about, events yeah so season one is about queen elizabeth coming into her own and becoming queen and like what all that entails and how that affects her marriage and like how that affects her husband and um her family and all the interplay and stuff and then season two so far has been about like okay they've gotten kind of the first decade under their belt what does the next 10 years start to look like and I haven't seen any of season one that that you are not the only person who has basically been like, this is one of the best things they've done. And I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, it's really good. So I'm going to watch the second half of the season. I'll probably talk about it again later. Um, I've also been playing Fire Emblem Heroes a lot. Again, I've gone in and out with this game a bunch over the last year. I played it pretty heavily for the first like three months. And then it's ended up back on my phone like two or three or four different times now. Mm-hmm. And um the second book just came out which is like their story mode so there's like a full complete story with like book one now and now there's a book two that just started and it's good it's really good like it's Hmm. surprising how much effort went into it for a mobile game it's still not a console like fire emblem but it took what was good about the first book expanded on it added some new mechanics to the game um added a little bit more depth that was you know there's always been some depth okay. but it added a little more and then there was like a whole cutscene in it there was like a five minute story cutscene in this game really? on mobile in a mobile gotcha game and i was like what is even happening right now so i've been having fun with that just like playing around in book two but because I got back into it and I was playing it every day, I realized that I never really mastered the systems in this game. I knew enough to be dangerous, like, and I had a pretty good team, but I was capping out. Like, I couldn't beat the very hardest stuff, which is, like, lunatic okay. difficulty in this game. So 
I found out one of my friends had been playing it pretty consistently too, and I didn't know this. So I talked to him and I was like, there's a bunch of systems here that I've barely scratched the surface of. I need you to walk me through some of them so that I can actually like make a better team. And there is so much here. You can like take characters and cannibalize them to give a set of their skills to a different character and once he walked me through that i was like oh my god that just unlocked so much of the game for me like building your team is about having like bad characters and cannibalizing them just as much as it is about just having like straight up good powerful characters and then and those are the kind of games that i don't necessarily like is because you have to keep building up and working and collecting b teams that i don't care anything about so it's it's really see, hard for me to I, invest I thought that in too, which is why i never wanted to get into those systems but you don't have to because you acquire these just through like drawing new characters, which is what you're always trying to do. You're always trying to right. get like a new five star and they give you so many like orbs. That's their main in-game currency to draw more characters. Um, you get so many orbs in this game that you end up doing it all the time. And in, okay. in trying to get those five stars, you get a ton of weak characters. And so what I thought you had to do was get those characters up in level, unlock a bunch of their skills by like, you know, grinding them up and like wasting your in-game, whatever, you know, right mechanic you don't have to do that you just have to have the character and they have to have the ability to get that skill later so you can literally have like a hundred level one characters and just cannibalize them all for their end game skills so it it, once i've learned that it like unlocked the game for me so i does. yeah i'm like really getting into it and there's other stuff i still haven't even touched either there's things like uh weapon forging which they just added with book two like you can reforge weapons and like i don't even know how it works but it's there i'll get to it eventually yeah there's there's just a lot of mechanics in this game and i have decided that since I like this game, I keep coming back to it. I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm actually going to get into the systems and learn it. Now, are there PvP battles in that where you go against somebody else? Yes. So it's okay. not real-time PvP. It's asynchronous, which is actually oh, good okay. because you can do it fast. You basically set a defensive team, and you go like your defensive team represents you when you're offline. So your team will like auto battle anyone who challenges you or like you will just randomly come up. It just randomly assigns who you're fighting against. Um, But you can, you have a few different of these like swords every day and you can spend one sword to do like one duel, which will just pair you Uh, up against somebody else online. So you spend a sword, you say, yeah, I'm going to do a duel. And then you can pick one of three levels of players. So it basically tries to look at the team you're bringing to the table and then it matches you and it says, this person you will probably demolish. This person is probably an even match, and this person is going to be tricky for you. Which one do you want to do? You can earn more rewards if you do harder. So it, okay, it, it's actually really well balanced. I like it a lot. I'd, yep, I'd done that. I forgot all about it. I don't know if I realized that it was PvP when I did it. Yeah, so that's what that is. Yes, so a mobile game. I've been playing a lot of just because the work is crazy, and I have time for mobile games, and that's about it, and even that, not much. Right. I did find a little bit of time to do the Monster Hunter World beta, which... To me, it just kind of felt like another Monster Hunter game. I kind of engaged okay. with the last Monster Hunter game. Not a ton. I like this one better because it's more open-y world. But I bring it okay. up because I saw you talking about it on Twitter today, and I realized you might not have played any Monster Hunter. No, have I've never played one. I've looked at them, and I just haven't I haven't gone to them. It was being kind of out of gaming in general that made me not get them, and also being kind of this almost phenomenon kind of sub-niche of games, I guess, is the way I've always seen them, As since I didn't, I don't know enough about them to really get excited about the new ones. So... 
I have bought the last three of them, and I've never gotten super far into them, but there's enough there that I keep coming back to it. So what do you want to know? Because like I played Monster I, Hunter 3 Ultimate, I want to say. I don't remember all the names. I played, uh, there was one Monster Hunter 3 version I played on 3DS. There was one Monster Hunter 3 version I played on the Wii U. And then there was Monster Hunter 4 that I played on 3DS. And that was the one that I put the most time into. I probably put a good 15 hours, maybe 20 hours into that one. Okay, well, basically, you know my you know my preferences. You know how I get bored of games and the systems and things that tend to frustrate me with open sandbox games. Is this? Do you think this one's going to be something that I will be able to get into, or is it going to be a little too freeform for me to really care about? I really don't know. It's not a sandbox game, so okay. Is it not? No, it's a mission based game. You're put okay. into the same like open map every time but you're put into different points on the map and your target is at different points on the map. So it it's basically a mission structure. There's like a hub and mission is maybe the best way to put it. So okay. like there's usually some kind of village or caravan or something that's your home base that has no monsters. It's literally just a hub. Um, and that's where you can like, you know, make better gear or buy items or right. save or rest or whatever and you can like invite people to social stuff in that hub there's somewhere that you pick up quests and those quests are go out and kill this monster or kill x amount of this smaller monster or whatever okay. you know it's basically the where you pick up your monster hunts and once you do that you walk over to like the exit area for the hub and if you exit it will put you into that quest okay um, so that's that's the general structure of the game the point that i always have trouble with it is that the controls are finicky. They're not right. They're not like elegant, but it's also like the game is made for it. Like that's the way the game is designed is to work with the controls that are in place. And nothing is like too far off of the normal controls, but weapons are just Okay, here's one of the things I didn't realize about the game until I spent a bunch of time with it. Every single weapon type in this game is essentially a completely different game. Huh. Like, okay. until you find a weapon that clicks with you, this game feels horrible. Like, no, right. like, from the start, you basically have to go into this game knowing that you need to sit down and try the tutorial area or the arena or whatever they end up calling it for this, where you can just try weapon after weapon after weapon uh, until you okay. find the one that clicks with you. Because if you don't do that, you will hate this game. <laughs> like, well, if, that was what Austin had told me this morning. I got a tweet from him saying that it's okay, but that the combat feels really sluggish, and that he wasn't sure if it was like it was uninteresting and sluggish. So, yeah, and I wonder what that, weapon that makes he was a lot using. of sense with what you just said. Yeah, even for like range weapons, like the bow feels way different from one type of like gun they have compared to a different type of gun that they have. I mean, there are like. I'm trying to remember all the weapons. There's like a giant hammer that's just slow and does a lot of damage. There's right. an axe that morphs into a sword because why not? There's yeah, like why a not? double-sided glaive. So you're kind of like Darth Maul, but it also shoots bugs because I don't know. Um, bugs? Yeah. The the one that I use is the, uh, is it called katana or is it long sword? It's like one giant sword. That's the one that okay. ended up clicking with me. But there's also a, like a standard sword and shield. There's a lance and a shield. There's a gun lance, which is exactly what it sounds like. Like, there's dual-wielding, essentially giant knives that are kind of like mini-swords. Like, there are so many different 
weapons in this game and each one legitimately feels like you're playing a different game like okay legit it, each one controls so different that if you aren't willing to put in time up front like a good probably hour hour and a half of just playing around with the weapons before you ever actually play the game you won't enjoy it okay that makes sense i can i can knowing that i can see myself going in and part of it was that i was thinking it might be something like arc survival evolved i don't know why it's not in my mind that 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 was the kind of game was like more like a survival game where i know that i don't get into those no the loop is you pick up a quest you go out and hunt the monster you kill the monster and you like skin it and get its parts and loot it and whatever you want to call it you know you can break off parts if you target specific parts of the monster um and you are trying to get the items that you need to take them back and then like reincorporate those into your weapons and armor to get better weapons and armor so you can take on tougher monsters that's the loop okay that sounds kind of awesome yeah and uh there were a bunch of limitations to the earlier ones like how each section was kind of limited that are really gone with this like this feels very open and fluid and there's no like loading screen between areas so i think if there's ever a monster hunter game that's going to get me it's going to be this one so i'm probably going to spend the money even though i'm still very ambivalent um yeah. at the end of the day what i really need is a monster hunter sherpa like i need somebody who knows this game in and out here's the way i should put it every success story i've heard about monster hunter for somebody who has latched onto this game and truly loved it is directly because they had somebody who already loved it that played multiplayer with them and walked them through the game until they truly understood it. And I've never had that. I feel like that's the missing piece for me. That's true. I can totally see how that would be Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I, yeah. Where you're right. That's the best way to put it, too. I think having a Sherpa that that if we had someone who could do that. Um, yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, yes. OK, good. Um, Eloquent. So, I know. Yeah. The last thing for Geekery and we, it, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but The Last Jedi is out like soon as we're recording yes. this on Tuesday. It is out on thursday night i'm seeing mm-hmm. it in i don't know the first or second showing on thursday night like 7 7 20 something yep. like that i am seeing so mine excited. at seven on thursday i'm so excited for this movie like i haven't i don't know if i've legitimately been really excited for a movie all year this one i am psyched for like i love star wars i love the main trilogy more than i love the rest of star wars or not the main trilogy but like the saga you know yeah the main saga yeah my expectations are really high but i feel like this might finally deliver on some of that gray area that I've mm. always wanted in a Star Wars movie. Like this I think it could. I don't know. I don't I don't know how to express it. I'm just like bursting with like excitement for this movie. So it's coming out. I don't know what else to say except I'm pumped and now, that is no doubt going to be next week's episode. And I am absolutely not excited yet. Like I'm not pumped about it. I am I honestly thought there was an extra week ahead. Like last week when Jennifer told me that it was coming out next Thursday, like I didn't know what day it came out. Like that's how disconnected from this movie I am. But come Thursday, when I'm standing in line in my Boba Fett hoodie, I'm going to be all in. Like I know. And next week, you and I are going to be just fanboying out. And and so I cannot wait for it. But at the same time, I'm going in more subdued than I've ever gone into a Star Wars movie but having just as high hopes as any of them a new hope an old hope 
Weird. Okay. Um, you can write to us with comments, <laughs> suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. Uh, we also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And if Reddit's not your thing like it's not mine, we're on Slack too. You can get an invite at slack.geek2geekcast.com. And you can also go to geek2geekcast.com and see if any of the other shows on our podcast network tickle your fancy. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.